Help Me, I'm Grieving is a series of short conversations between a children's bereavement support specialist and someone who has experienced childhood bereavement. The conversations cover many aspects of bereavement and its impact on children. Each episode has a version aimed to support a specific age group. These are younger children of primary school age, young people and young adults, and parents and carers of children and young people of all ages and any supporting adults. Scotty's Little Soldiers is a childhood bereavement charity whose mission is to provide relief from the effects of bereavement to young people who have experienced the death of a parent who served with the armed forces of the Crown. You're listening to episode five, When to Seek Support. This episode has been created for the parents and carers of children and young people to listen to. It is also suitable for any adult supporting a child through bereavement. It offers guidance on talking to children and young people about death, dying, and bereavement. If you're the parent or carer of a young person currently struggling with grief, you may find the episodes that talk directly to children or young people helpful for them to listen to. They can be found alongside this one on your podcasting platform of choice or at scottyslittlesoldiers.co.uk forward slash podcast. Hi, my name's Ben and I experienced childhood bereavement. And my name's Lorna and I work with the families team at Scotty's Little Soldiers. So today we're talking about when is the right time to seek support. So post-death of a loved one, uh, it, you know, it could have been days, weeks, months, whatever, any point of time. What are the signs that now is the time to go and, and seek some sort of support? Okay, so I think the first thing just for us to be really clear about is that when someone in our life has died, there is a real natural grieving process. And in the past, I've had people who have spoken to me and said, I'm really worried about my child, that they're not sleeping, they're crying a lot. And this is like days after someone's died. So Mm -hmm. I think just recognising, first of all, that that's really normal. And and I would be reassuring that that parent, carer, supporting adult that, you know, that is to be expected. A, a huge a huge shock has has happened and there is lots of reactions that come out from the news. So that's the very, very first part of it, understanding that there isn't a natural grief reaction. And when we are grieving, there is a physical reaction in our bodies as well as an emotional one. So sometimes we'll find that you, you've probably heard people, you know, when you're feeling quite low, it might be that you get you pick up all the colds that are going around and all the bugs and and you're just genuinely feeling quite low because your immune system will be impacted by by how you're feeling. So there is a physical um, response to it as well as an emotional one. Mm-hmm. So taking all of that into account, and it's never nice, is it, to see anyone upset and going through grieving and, and especially for an adult who's supporting a child. And I think we've talked about this in an earlier episode you, you want to protect children. So if you see them upset and, and see them worried, you just want to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, first of all, with, with parents and carers, it's okay. Sometimes you can't fix it. And sometimes you just got to be there and you've just got to make sure that child knows that they're loved, cared for, and that they have an opportunity to talk. And that's fine. But what if that doesn't quite work and you see changes in behavior? Um, it, it might be that a child has become incredibly withdrawn or incredibly angry. I mean, there's a whole range of what reactions a child could have as they're very, very individual. But it's really 
is is that quite prolonged? Is is there some benefits of going and chatting to somebody else who isn't impacted by that within the family? One of the things children tell me a lot is I, I don't want to talk to the surviving parent or, or whoever because they don't want to upset them. So I think it's good to think about who is out there that can have a chat to that child and just have a quiet chat to them and, and give them the opportunity to open up. And that support is sometimes all that children need. Mm. But sometimes they need a bit more. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that, you know, right after a death, you're going to be on like high alert of how how are they? What's going on? You know, what are they doing? How are they spending their time? Um, And I, in my brain, I kind of like think of it as kind of like going into like hypochondriac kind of state of mind when you think like you might be ill and you might think it's anything you're going to be on hyper alert. Are yeah. they okay? Um, and a little bit of time is going to help. So yeah. once you've got to that point where you've gone, okay, they're definitely a little bit different. Like something's not quite right. I can see they're struggling. I found uh, that I didn't really want to talk about it with some, like with people I knew that was just like personal. And I think everyone is going to be different. Yeah. Um, my, so my dad had a terminal illness. We've talked about that in other episodes. So I remember when we found out, I didn't really want to talk about it either. Like I knew it was there and I knew what I wanted to know, needed to know. And then other than that, I didn't want to chat about it. Like it just wasn't a thing I wanted to talk about. And that kind of followed through afterwards. Yeah. So for me having say, you know, like my uncle or, you know, want my sister or, or anyone to come and talk to, I knew the option was there but I wasn't using it. Like I didn't want to. No. And, and if you think about that, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up. If, if you've been bereaved as, as you were, and then you say, oh, I don't want to talk about it. You can understand why you're going to self-preservation mode, don't you? Mm. You protect yourself. And why would you want to openly talk about something that's really upsetting, painful? But I think that's the bit that we've got to get people to understand. It's really good to, it's, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um, there's a huge amount of the, around at the moment is about sort of mental health, emotional health and well-being. And I think that's really important that we recognise it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to grieve and it's okay to reach out and have a chat to someone, even if it is painful. And that's that's really quite hard. And something you just said a little while ago, Ben, reminded me of something, which is when somebody really close to you, important to you has died, you know, every waking thought is about that. For the first few days, few weeks even, mm. because why wouldn't it be? That's that's your main mindset. So I think that bit about time, I'm I'm not a great lover of saying, oh, time's a great healer, because no. I'm not sure that that's quite what we want to do. But actually over time, what happens is you process the information, you process part of the changes that are happening. You're processing that that person isn't going to be around in the same way anymore, or that person has died and there's no coming back. And, and that's when things start to unfold and that fog almost goes a bit and and suddenly reality comes in so again those first few weeks i'd be expecting we'll see lots of grief reactions but it's probably after that that i'd be saying you know is that child still struggling with massive anger outbursts changes in behavior bedwetting mm. are they are they sort of you know really anxious about being apart from the other parent uh, there's so many different ways that their grief can manifest itself through their behavior it's all of those things but your point is really key, isn't it? Mm. You know, because you just said, I don't really want to talk about it, but that's what we've got to do. Work out ways of that. We just get the communication going so that children do get some of those emotions and feelings out. Yeah. I think something that I've learned 
in in hindsight and i mean bear in mind i was i was 14 it was a month before my 15th birthday so i was basically 15 um so i was i was you know teenager i was at that age where you're like i can you know i'm growing up and you know i'm a, I'm a young adult you know that kind I of can do this bravado yeah um and i've learned a lot working at scotty's and looking back at and just you know, you kind of pick things up and you realize you go oh that's what i was doing and oh that was a thing that affected me and i just didn't know about it before um and so looking back now and being older and and how i just you know cope day to day in in life in general yeah i definitely as a person need processing time on anything like you know even good news <laughs> like i don't i never react like amazingly straight away i'm like i need to process it and then i'll have a good reaction so yeah time to to let it sink in sink in yeah, absolutely. was was important yeah um and talking about looking back in like realizing things from working at Scotty's, I definitely was doing like the puddle jumping where I'd be fine one day and then the next day I'd be like, oh, I feel naff today. Yeah. And like the 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 trick was communicating that I was having a bad day. Uh, rather than for me going and saying, I want to talk about dad today, it was I need to tell you that I'm having an off day and I'm probably gonna sit in my room and watch cartoons or something, you know, something Absolutely. that's gonna make me feel better. So rather than being able to talk about it in general it was how do i talk about the fact that i'm feeling bad today at first yeah it's acknowledging the grief isn't it it's yeah. acknowledging this is huge some people talk about um that there's a number of ways to do it but some people talk about it as being grief as being like a box mm. so if you think about it straight after someone's died it's like holding this massive box and I'm talking one of those massive ones with a massive tv in it you know and you can hardly lift it and it just feels so huge and then, of course, as your grief starts to feel a little bit more in, in check, that box might become a little bit more manageable and a little bit easier to hold. And, it, and it might, it'll never go away. There'll always be a little box somewhere, but that might be in your pocket and you forget it's there for a while and then you sort of find it. So, again, those reactions are so important. And sometimes it's just, it's just acknowledging, isn't it, and saying mm. to people, I'm having a really difficult day. And as a teenager, you can do that. As a younger child... You, that's going to come out yeah. in your behaviour. You know, you're going to be having a tantrum in the supermarket or you're going to be sitting in your room and refusing to come out and not want to talk to anybody, you know, and, and everything else in extremes um, in between that. And I, and I think it's about just explaining to parents that that's okay. Acknowledge it, acknowledge how the child's feeling. Distraction's good, mm. um, but sometimes you just need to have that time to be. And you're very often you'll see people, oh, dry your tears. Mm. you know but it's okay to have a cry mm. and then after you've had a cry then right come on what are you going to do to look after ourselves now so again just a, in empowering children and young people to have that emotion own that feeling but equally what we can't be like that for forever so come on what are we going to do now to make things feel a bit better because life still goes on mm. and and i think that's that's really key like learning how to have that moment and then go Okay, now what do you need? Because, I mean, we talked about in the episode about memorial dates and remembering when anniversaries or like birthdays or the anniversary of the death come up, you see a, a, a like a resurgence of emotion. Yeah. Like even now, you know, I'm 10 years on and I can, I can get to dad's birthday and for a week I might be really quick to anger about things. And it's like recognizing that and yeah. knowing how to sort of quell that and put it down a bit and deal with it. So it's, it's coping techniques, isn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. we talk about grief being there all the time. Like it doesn't go away and it's, 
if if you've got a young child and they're you know having these emotional outbursts and and you you're thinking okay we need to we need to look at how we're going to deal with that the way you do that can stick with them and help them all the way through life yeah i i Whilst you were just chatting, I was just thinking about Scotties. I mean, one of the key dates of the year for us is remembrance mm. um, because all of the children and young people that we're working with are obviously bereaved of a, a parent who's served in, in the armed forces. So, you know, that whole build up to that date, we, and we've talked about this before, but the whole build up means that you don't know, your, your emotions might be all over the place and sometimes you'll be fine, but then you'll catch something on TV or you'll hear a piece of music and, and it's just about just, being kind to yourself almost, isn't it? And just mm. recognising that that might be how you feel. And I think for, for teenagers and, and young adults, that that's sort of a little easier. Mm. Uh, but, but equally, there are so many, so many other factors in, in their lives and, and influences and, and pressures that sometimes it's quite hard just to go, yeah, I'm grieving and just give me space. Um, so that, that's where I would always encourage young people well anybody any child or young person really if 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 you're struggling let's just talk about it mm. if you go and talk to someone because someone in your family or, or someone close to you has died you don't have to just talk about them you could just be talking about how life feels for you it could yeah. just be oh I'm just feeling this and, and i don't quite know how to deal with that but we don't just like you said you, you don't have to be talking about your dad all the time but you've got to be talking about how you're feeling how that grief reaction makes you feel and that's the key to this yeah i'm I'm a big believer in, I mean, call it what you want, like having a counsellor or, you know, going to little therapy sessions, whatever you call it. Um, I think everyone should give it a go at least once in their life because it's such a, I don't know what the word is. It's just, there's something about it that being in a room with someone different, and we're kind of going on to a point I was going to come on to because we've talked about, you know, having someone in the family to talk to, but what if you don't want to talk to someone in the family? Yeah having someone outside of the family you can talk to, whether that's, you know, someone who is a trained counsellor who you go and see, or, you know, is someone, maybe the support worker at school yeah. or something like that. Um, having someone who's separated from it all and has no connection. Yeah. And can just connection. listen. Yeah. yeah. That, that's incredibly powerful. Um, you know, I've, I've had relationships like that throughout my life um, and being able to talk to someone who can just sit hear your side and talk you through how you're feeling and how to sort of process that and cope with that. You end up getting into like a, a mindset of, okay, I'm in this room with this person. I can talk openly and safely. And it becomes like a nice little safe space where you can then. It's an offload, isn't it? Stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think we've mentioned this before in, in a previous episode, but when somebody in your life has died, you, you, your life changes forever. This mm. is a journey of bereavement. This isn't a, there's no getting over it. People, there is, there is days where this will feel more manageable, um, but that grief is is always there. Mm. And and in and in your situation, your dad is always going to be your dad. Sadly, he's died, but and he's not here in the same way. But he's he's not forgotten. Mm. And and it's very very similar for any child in in terms of childhood bereavement. It's about managing how you continue to remember that person, but also look after yourself with with this myriad of emotions that come as a result of that person not being there in the same way. And I think one of the things that we've spoken about in the past is children and young people. So if you're quite young when someone has died, it might be you need a little bit of support when you're five or six or eight or nine or whatever. And then life changes and you grow up 
and you become a teenager and suddenly that grief and what it means to have experienced the loss of that parent suddenly comes up again. And you, and you then probably might need a bit of support at that point because you go, crikey, I hadn't really thought about it like this, but the impact is my dad won't be going to take me to my prom or won't yeah. be taking me for my first beer or, or whatever it might be. So that ages and stages and just recognising that you might dip and dip out of needing support throughout your life. Um, and, and your point about counsellors, yeah, people always talk about bereavement counselling and, and that's a really scary term. I'm, mm. I'm not a bereavement counsellor, I'm a bereavement support worker. And counselling is something very slightly different in terms of its structure, but sometimes it, you don't need to have someone professionally trained in childhood bereavement. You just need to have someone who's going to listen yeah. and let you offload. And that could be somebody in your school, a trusted adult, a member of your family. It could be the youth worker down the youth club. It could be whoever you want it to be in terms of a trusted adult. And so for parents and carers, I'd say, you know, work with that child and work out who is the trusted adult for them. Mm. And for me, it's probably a bit like you said earlier, you know, I'm fine or whatever. I didn't really want any support. I don't want to talk about it, but it might be just exploring. Well, what does that actually mean? Do you have an outlet? Do you yeah. have someone you can talk to? Yeah, because you'll often find as well that once you get talking, you, you end up talking about the things that you're fine and you don't want to talk about yeah, because they, that, they come yeah. out naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of how it works. Um, and I think something that I would add to parents particularly is, you know, let's say you've got a young child who has said, oh, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to someone else. Don't Don't feel like that's because they don't feel like they can confide in you it's not about that it's about probably most likely the fact that they don't want to upset you and they're trying to protect you as much as you're trying to protect them yeah um, and that's a really important thing to remember too absolutely and that doesn't mean you're doing a bad job it just means that someone not so emotionally attached might be the right person for that child mm. or young person at that at that stage and and that can be really painful for adults can't it because you mm. want to do the best for your child but actually recognising you might not be the person who can do that is is really key. And one other thing I was just thinking about is we also need to recognise, and we've spoken quite a lot in, in, in all of the episodes about how you remember somebody, but sometimes our memories or our relationship with that person might not be very positive. Yeah. So again, when you're getting support, it's about making sure that's the right support because most people, when some, when your parent dies, people just automatically think, oh, poor you. Mm. But if you've had a really challenging relationship with that person, you might really need to unpick wh what that actually means for you as an individual. So yeah. So I just really wanted to sort of point that out now. It's not everyone has these fabulous relationships. And so sometimes support is about, okay, I didn't have the relationship I wanted and I wished I had, mm. you know? So again, support can mean so many. It's really, really individual. Yeah. There's not one size fits all. And that's, and, and again, you might go and have a chat to someone and they might not be the right person. So again, I think it's all right to, if children come back and go, mm, this, this person's not for me. Mm. I didn't really get on with them. They were asking me these questions. That's all right. And that is Explore something I something experienced else. as well. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right. Okay. I, um, something that I think we were going to touch on about, you know, when, when you go to your child and say, do you want to go and talk to someone and, and whether they say yes or no. So for me, I, um, I didn't want to at yeah. all. My, uh, my sister did, I think uh, she was, uh, there's, there's like a six, seven year age gap between us. So she was okay. a lot older anyway, which is important for context. But, um, she, 
had gone to someone outside of the family and, you know, was talking to them. And so I gave it a go eventually um, after being admin that I didn't want to. And I didn't, didn't enjoy it. I didn't like um, the conversation. I was quite an anxious child at the time. Um, so I, I think I said to like my mom, I was like, mom, I kind of want you to be in there with me, which in hindsight probably wasn't the best thing. No. Um, but I didn't gel with the person. And so I said, you know what? I didn't like it. Don't want to do it. And then kind of swore it off for like entirety. And now being older, looking back and having gone back and had a different person and gone on my own and, you know, done it in my own way, it's been really beneficial. So yeah, just because you don't mix well with the first person or, you know, maybe you've sought out a, a specialist and you've, you know, paid to be there or whatever. And you feel like, well, I have to, because they're a specialist. Yeah, no, it doesn't, doesn't work like doesn't that, work does like it? That. People are people. It doesn't yeah. matter if they're trained in it or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure there's some children out there that have sort of along the way not really wanted to talk to me. I mean, I can remember many reluctant teenagers that have refused to come out of their room when we've had an appointment to, to chat or, but, you know, it's about trust. Mm. I, I think one of the key things for me during my career is, is recognising that you're asking children and young people to open about, up about the most challenging thing that will have probably happened to them. And um, I'm almost honoured that they feel that they can share their story. And I never take that for granted. And if you get the right person, they'll be honoured too. And I think that's a really key point for me. So those mm -hmm. people, you need to have time, you need to build a rapport, you need to, that support has to be the right one. And it, and it isn't, let's talk about how that person died and death and dying all the time. It's about how you're doing. Yeah. You know, what's going on for you? Yeah. So you're anxious. So why don't we try a couple of sort of tools to help you? It's, it's that, isn't it? It's support along the way, um, being done with you, not to you. Mm. We're sort of coming to the end of this one now, but um, one thing I, I wanted to touch on, which we, we talked a bit about before we started rolling, was the fact that, uh, you know, when I grew up and I sort of looked back at, my journey so far i remember having a conversation with my mum, and and this is post you know going and finding my own person to chat to and doing it my own way and, and experiencing the benefits of that and uh, i think i said to mum something like oh i'm really i'm finding it really helpful and like and then i started joining scotty's and i was like oh and i, and I've, I understand that all of this stuff now has context and like oh did you, i said to her, like did you look at you know childhood bereavement charities or 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 anyone like that when dad died. And she said, yeah, I remember like finding a load of people and, and talking to you about it, but you were adamant that you didn't want to want to go. You didn't want to do it. And I, I said something like, um, oh, but why didn't you force me though? Because it would have been so good. But you can't force no. kids to go and talk to people if they don't want to. And I think that's, that's really important. Like you might be sitting there going, okay, I found someone. I know they're going to gel. I know it'd be helpful, but my child is telling me 100% no I don't want to you yeah. can't force them because it's just not going to work is yeah it? once once your walls are up that's it isn't it you know you know you know I'm fine I'm okay I refuse to I think there is a couple of things like that the fear factor isn't it but did yeah. you think who, whoever was that going to be that was going to offer you and talk to you about the most personal things so again it's about that trust I also like the idea of choice I think it's really cool to be able to go, these are your options. You know, Who what, are these what, people yeah. would you like to go and see? Yeah. The, the, if you go to these people, they offer this. If you go to this, they offer this. Over here, they'll offer you a youth club where you can mix with other children and people who've experienced bereavement. Um, or this is online. And I think we're really lucky now with technology that 
you can access support through apps or through websites, through chats, through forums. You know, it doesn't really make any odds. It's about reaching out. Yeah. But I don't think you can ever get away from the human contact. And I would always encourage adults to encourage children and young people to have some form of human contact with a trusted adult, with a with a trusted organisation in order to just really explore what that looks like. One of the things I'm so keen on in my work is recognising that children and young people know that they're not alone. And if we can do that, we will have, we'll have cracked it, won't we? Because it means that a child or young person can build their own resilience as a result of the grief, but actually know when times are really tough, they can reach out and who to reach out to. And that's exactly what support is around. Yeah. Brilliant. So just to wrap up then, it's about straight after the bereavement, giving them a bit of time to let it process, let it sink in, then monitoring from a distance almost making sure you're you know they're okay but you're not smothering them and asking them all the time and then if they need the support it's is there someone in the family unit is there a teacher is there a youth worker in their life and then maybe exploring external options yeah if they want it absolutely and i think my only addition to that would be is if you are really concerned if a child says that they are at risk of harming themselves or you believe that their behaviours have changed so considerably and, and that that's impacting on their day-to-day living, that's not right. So mm-hmm. reach out to your GP. They might make some um, referrals on to you, um, the Children and Adolescent Mental Health Team, for example. But I'm, but I'm really hoping that that's not the case for most children and young people. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's about getting a little bit of help along the way because life is tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's probably the, the 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 bullet point end, isn't it? Life's tough, and you need yeah. help. Yeah. yeah, bereavement is massive, and I think what we don't want any child to do is is suffer with their loss on their own in silence. Mm-hmm. There's so many people out there that would help, and there's so many places you can go to reach out and get that support for a child. So don't be worried about asking. You know, there are people out there that will help. Yeah brilliant bit of a longer one but i think an important one so we'll go with that brilliant thank you lana if you want to find out more about scotty's little soldiers or if you know a child or young person who has experienced the death of a parent who has served in the british armed forces head to scottyslittlesoldiers.co.uk.